Hi, this is Pastor Furman with Lubbock Unified Church. Uh, you are listening to Messages on the Go. We pray that this message will bless you today and that you will receive a word from God that will help you in your life. If you ever want to visit us in person, feel free to stop by any Sunday, 2707 34th Street. Services are Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Or you can join us for a Wednesday night refuel service with some prayer, some worship, and a word every Wednesday at 6.30, same location. We would love to have you. Now, let's jump into this week's message. Good morning, church. Who all stayed up and watched the fight last night? To be honest, a lot of tired people in here. Disappointed? That's a Ryan Garcia fan, so we'll go ahead and pray for him. I'm excited to be with y'all this morning, just be in the house of the Lord, man. It's, it's always a beautiful thing. I know sometimes you're, you're listening to the announcements, you're like, man, that's a lot of announcements, but I, I pray that you see that and you see how God is working in the church, and especially in this church specifically, but man, he's always working in our life and our situations. And, uh, sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we, we look at our, our situations and our emotions kind of overtake us. We just forget how good God is and how he's always working. And today I, I pray that, you know, that, that mind frame will kind of shift and it will kind of change for a lot of us. And today's message is called The New Normal. How God can transform what normal looks like for all of us. And we're going to be reading in Acts chapter 3. If you know anything about the book of Acts, it's the Acts of the Apostles, and so the followers of Jesus. So when it comes to reading the book of Acts, what you discover is that Jesus isn't with them no longer. He's ascended to heaven. He's seated with the Father after spending 40 days of confirming that he still was alive, that he still is good. And so now it's up to them, to the disciples to decide, okay, what are we going to do with this? You know? We've been spending this time with Jesus. He's been telling us how to live our life. He's been telling us how to share his goodness. Now it's up to us to actually put it to action. And so they're going about there every day of trying to figure out what that looks like. And today we're going to read about two of the disciples, Peter and John. And they were going about a normal day. They were going to a prayer service. When they got stopped, they got interrupted. And something magical happened. Something powerful happened. And it made me think about today. Just how, you know, we all have different things. It's just a normal day-to-day -day life that we go and do. And sometimes we have those interruptions. And usually when we have interruptions in life, we kind of dread them. We're like, man, I don't need time. I got time for this. I really don't want anything to do with this. But when you lean into God, when you allow him to work in those moments, what you come to find out is, man, those are some of the most powerful moments you can have. And so I just, as we get ready to receive this word and, and walk with him in this, I want to pray that. That when we have interruptions in our life, that wouldn't be something that we dread, but something we embrace and say, God, okay, I didn't plan for this, but you did. So help me receive what you have in this right now. So let's pray before we get started. Father, we thank you for life's interruptions. Sometimes it just helps us be reminded of how blessed that we truly are. Sometimes it helps realign us in ways that we've gotten off track. 
But Father, no matter what it might look like or may present itself to be, Lord, I pray that we would see it as a blessing with you. So help us learn how to embrace it. Help us adjust and reshape what our normals look like in our lives. So that way we don't miss out on the goodness that you have in this life. So Father, we just come with open hearts, ready to receive. Father, if there's anything getting in the way of hearing your voice, I, I ask it right now in the name of Jesus that you would remove it. That we would just have an encounter with you this morning in a way that just washes over us with peace and comfort. Yes. In a way that cleanses us and gives us hope. So Father, we just thank you for your word. And we love you and pray this in your son, Jesus' name. Amen. Acts chapter 3, if you have your Bible, if not, of course, we'll have it on the screen. I mean, feel free to take notes. Use your phones. I'm not going to be offended, all right, unless I hear the ESPN notification. <laughs> then I might say something. It's probably going to be my fault, so. No. But Acts chapter 3, starting at verse 1 and 2. It said, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in 3 o'clock prayer service. And as they approached the temple, a lame man from birth was being carried in. And each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one they called the beautiful gate. So he could beg from people going into the temple. So we see three different people. We got Peter and John, they're on the way to a prayer service. Just another day in the life. We also see another day in the life of somebody else. A man that was born lame. So to be lame meant that you couldn't use your feet, you couldn't use your legs. You had to be helped. So that could have came from an injury that you sustained. It could have came from an illness that you went through. Or it could be like this man's case that you were simply born with it. But they're all going about things that they know to be normal for them. Just another day in their life. And for all of us, we all have things that we do that's normal. Things that are part of our life. Some of the normals that we have, it comes from our childhood, from our upbringing. Some of them come kind of out of obligation, like having to go to work, right? Pay bills, take care of your family. Some of our normals have come from the things that we find pleasure in, whether it's watching a fight, going to the movies, fishing. We all have different things that are a part of our life that are normal. But then there's a normal that I don't think we tend to discuss, and it's our dependency. The things that we usually lean on in life. You see, the things that we lean on that are normal can either be really helpful or really damaging. So we have to be mindful of that. We have to be careful of that. And we see that in this scripture we just read. Different people on different paths and different dependencies that are normal. And I want you to take this away this morning and receive this until depending on God becomes normal, depending on others always will be. Until we learn to depend on God, we're always going to be depending on someone else. When you read the next chapter in Acts chapter 4, what you discover is that this lame man has been doing the same thing for over 40 years. So that's 40 years that this man has been brought in to sit at the temple gate. 40 years that he had to be picked back up and brought back home. 40 years that he spent out there asking people for their assistance, for their help. Because he couldn't do it on his own. 
40 years. See, you don't have to be lame. You don't have to be disabled, unable to walk to relate to this man's story. A lot of us have spent many years surviving, right? Just trying to make it. We've been going from struggle to struggle, so much that struggling is normal. The thing about struggling, when it becomes normal, you feel like that's your lot of life. That's all you're ever going to receive. There's nothing beyond this. So it's hard to see anything different. You see, you could be just like this man at the temple gate. And yes, you could receive part of what you want, but be missing out something greater. You see, you could come to church on Sunday. You could get a word from God. You could see God moving in people's prayers and people's lives. You could leave encouraged. You could leave filled up, excited. And that could be the extent. That could be the limit of all the blessing that God has for you when your dependency isn't on Him. When you're depending on everyone else, when you're depending on others. This man had been doing this for 40 years, looking for other people to help him for his needs. They placed him at the beautiful gate. So there was a method to his madness. The beautiful gate was the most favorite gate, so that means that often this is the gate that everybody was coming in. It's the double doors, right? He knows everybody's going to come through these doors, so I need to position myself in a place that I'm most likely to receive something. Church, don't we do that? We position ourselves in places that we believe are going to benefit us the most. And we do this without God a lot of times. We look at our situations, we evaluate and say, this is where I need to be to be successful. This is the relationship I need. This is the position at that job I need. These are the people that I need in my life so I can achieve the things that I know I want to do. But the thing is, if it's apart from God, it's going to fade away. It's not going to last. It's going to decay. It's not going to always be worth it. Then we see Peter and John. They understood this and they said, you know what? I got to make it through the prayer service. I can't be apart from God. I don't want to miss out on what he has for me. I want to make that a normal part of my life. The thing that you learn about prayer services in that time and still to this day in Jewish custom is they have three of them a day. There's one in the morning at the third hour, that's at 9 a.m. There's one in the afternoon at the ninth hour, which was that we're going to 3 p.m. And there was one at sunset. Three times a day, they said, you know what? This needs to be normal in my life. They wanted prayer to be normal. That is a worthy investment of their time, of their resources. It increases their dependency on God whenever you make that a priority. It increases your faith. It will decrease your selfishness. It will realign you in ways that you need. A lot of us look at our situations, we look at the people that are in our life and we say, man, but God, you made me to be in community. And he did. But it has to start with communion with him. We have to be rooted on him, founded on him, planted on him. We have to depend on him. Because depending on everybody else, as much as it can be helpful at times, it can set you up for failure. 
So that means even me. Well, you pastor of the church. I'm trying to depend on you. Well, I'm sorry, but I'm human too. So that means as much as you can lean on me, there might come a point that I fail you. And the problem with depending on me instead of depending on God is you're going to take it out on God. Because you don't believe, well, he was a godly man. How are you going to allow them, this man to fail me in a way that I needed? Well, I ain't the Lord. We have to learn that, church. When you depend on others, their failures is going to be taken out on God. And we don't believe that's our expectation of him. That's who he is. We're going to have things pretty messed up. We're all going to have trials. We're all going to need things to lean on. But we got to learn that it's got to be in the Lord. And prayer is a discipline to help you grow your dependency on God. So let's find out what happened next. Let's continue to read in Acts 3, verse 3 and 5. It said, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. And Peter and John looked at him intently. Bless you. Peter said, look at us. And the lame man got, looked at him eagerly expecting some money. And he had no shame in this game, right? He straight up said, hey, man, I got some money. I can use some money. And then he saw when they were paying attention, he got excited. He said, oh, okay, yeah. They're going to come through. Now, I'm just going to be honest with myself and with y'all. Like, when it comes to asking for stuff like that, that, that's difficult for me. I've always struggled for asking for help. No matter what level it's at. I think part of my problem is I've always seen it like if I can't do it on my own, then there's no reason I should obtain it. And that's a dangerous way of living, church. That's unhealthy. Because that means I got a lot of pride built up within myself to believe that I can accomplish everything by myself. I can't do everything on my own. None of us can. And that's an area I know God has been humbling me. He's been breaking on me. A lot of times I got a lot of people asking me, hey, what can we do to help you? And I'm like, oh, that's cool, I got this. Don't even worry. Not realizing how I'm getting in the way of what God is trying to do in the moment. We can't do it all ourselves. That way of living, it leads to isolation. It leads to low self-esteem, to burning out, to burn yourself out. There's always going to be times that God is going to lead you to humble yourself and ask for help. To go to somebody else. He's trying to use them in a way to bless you. But we have to be mindful of when we are approaching people with our wants versus asking them to help me with our needs. Because there's a huge difference. It's not all the same. And we see this man, right? He went up there asking for money. He didn't tell him the reasoning behind it. He didn't ask them nothing. He just said, hey, man, y'all got some money? And when he saw that paying attention, he was like, oh, yeah. I want you to take this away this morning. Be careful not to let your wants keep you from receiving your needs. Be careful that the things that you're trying to accomplish, a lot of times we look at our wants and we say, man, if I get this, it's going to take care of this need that I have. We don't know the danger that pursuing that want is going to get in the way of meeting your need. The lame man, he said, man, I know that I need some money. I want some money. He didn't tell him that he was hungry. He didn't say that he needed help around his house. He didn't say because of his condition, he needed some money to financially take care of some things. He just straight up said, hey, man, I need some money. He put what he actually needed to the side 
in place of something that he wanted. Some of the boldest people that I've ever met in my life, not everybody, but a lot of them, when they've approached life with this way, have also been some of the ones that have lacked self-awareness. Self-awareness is something we can always grow in church, something we all need more of. Because when you don't have self-awareness, you don't realize what you're communicating. You don't see how your bluntness, a lot of times, is damaging the help that you're asking for. This usually comes from a place of wanting to fulfill our wants. We're just shooting from the hip, trying to take our shot. And I think we all agree, right? We like somebody that's going to be honest with us, that's going to be transparent with us. We don't want to be lied to. We don't want to be taken advantage of. So we appreciate people's honesty. But we got to understand when your honesty is hurting you. If you were on the street and you pulled up to a store and you saw somebody hanging outside of it and they asked you for some money and you asked them, well, what you need? What's going on? They said, well, I'm just trying to go buy, you know, a bottle of liquor. I'm just trying to go get a hit or some drugs like my body has a function. How are you going to respond? A lot of us will say, man, look, I'm willing to help you out, but I don't want to help you in a way that's going to hurt you. Sometimes we don't realize how our bluntness is hurting us to receive the help that we actually need. And as I was doing this and processing and walking with God, he reminded me of this movie called Friday. Anybody seen that? There was a lady named Felicia. Okay. She went to another guy named Smokey. She said, Smokey, let me borrow your car. Smokey said, you can't borrow my car. What's wrong with you? He said a lot of other things besides that, but we're not going to do all that. But it just reminded me how she probably needed a ride to go somewhere, but she allowed the want to get in the way of meeting her need. Church, we do the same thing a lot of times. A lot of times we think, you know what, if I could just achieve this thing, if I could get that position, the things that I want are going to help take care of the things that I need. But when that balance is off, and that's what we're chasing by any means necessary, there's a lot of danger attached to that. A lot of the help that you need is going to be left off because of the way you're pursuing what you want. You've got to be careful, church. Have you ever had somebody ask you something and you can't believe what they just requested from you? Like they really come and ask you some stuff. You're like, man, you got the audacity to ask me this? You really coming at me about this? But that's what happens when we are prioritizing our wants over our needs. You gotta be careful. You can be broken, prideful. You can be going from struggle to struggle. And every time that you're asking God to make a way, He's sending you a ramp, but because it ain't what you want, you ignore it. I don't know how many times I ask God for specific things and it didn't come the way that I want it, so I'm not being mindful of the help that he sent me. God, why don't you send no help? He's like, you keep rejecting it all. Having wants, they're, they're part of who we are. It's not a simple thing to have a want. They become sinful, they become dangerous when we start doing anything necessary to achieve them. Don't allow your wants to get in the way of what you truly need. Let's continue to read and let's see what Peter responds with. 
verse 6 and 7, Peter says, Now I don't have no silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by his right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. The lame man, he asked for money, but what he received was so much better. It was something no amount of money could have helped him with. He received healing in areas that he was disabled. Often we ask God for small things, thinking that that's going to be the solution to our problems. God wants to give us a whole new life. He wants to give us something greater than we actually want. It's probably something we actually need. He wants to do that for you. So should we go to God with our wants? Man, we should. Because when you go to God with your wants, what he's going to do is going to help you process it and walk through it. And a lot of times we get upset. God, I wanted this to happen. Not realizing how it wasn't good for us in the first place. But that's why we need to go to God first. That's why we need to depend on him. That's why we need to bring our wants to him. Because he's going to keep it real. He's going to tell you when you got things messed up. He's going to help you get things back right. But he's also going to help you meet that need that you're, needing, that you're lacking. So we got to trust that even when he says no, even when he shoots us down, that there's something even greater around the corner coming from him. Something else we see, though, is what Peter did. And that's something I don't want to miss out because it's something that God asked of us, too. I want you to take this away this morning. God wants to use you to raise people up. Everybody. No matter who you are. Peter said, man, I don't have no money. But I'll give you something else. Church, we can't give something that we don't have. And sometimes we get ourselves in trouble with that, right? We know somebody wants something, so we try to go out of our way to meet that want for them. And that's dangerous, church. You're a parent who understand this. Your kids always going to have wants. If you try to meet every want, they ain't ever going to end. They ain't going to always get what they need. The other day, I did a funeral for Amanda and her family. And one of the things that everybody kept bringing up was the gift that her mom, her mom passed on. They said, man, the greatest gift that she gave me, that she gave this family, was Jesus. Because it went beyond just us, her loving us. Church, we always have something to give. A lot of times it doesn't always mean you got the money or the resources for what that person wants. But you do always have what Jesus has to give to that person. Sometimes it might be a word of encouragement. Sometimes it might be you being there to pray for them. Maybe even there just to listen. Maybe it is to financially help them in some type of way. But we always have a way to step up. To offer a hand out. Peter said, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. He was saying, man, in the authority of Jesus Right now, I'm asking for Jesus' intervention in this situation because he is the one you got to depend on. He is the one that's got to make a way. It can't be me. We see Peter do two things. Not only did he give a, a word of hope to a broken situation, but he extended a hand. 
Jesus is asking the same thing of us. He said, man, not only do I want you to speak my truth and love to other people, but I need you to practically do something to help them. I want you to do both things. Don't just share about Jesus. I want you to extend Jesus to them with your actions to match your words. And we see the result, right? Said this man was instantly healed. God wants to use us to raise up the hurting, the unqualified, the forgotten, the lost. We live in a world that people are drowning in their wants and they're missing out on their needs being met by God. And in God and all his sovereignty, his supreme authority, his knowledge, his power, he's saying, man, I want to use y'all to meet these needs. That's a mind-blowing concept. Because we like, I ain't got the resources, I ain't got the time, I ain't got all the things. You make the list. God's like, I don't care about none of those things. I'm choosing you to help them. He's asking us not to miss out on the blessing of him just working in our lives, but through our lives. <clears throat> I want us to read what happens with this man. Let's continue to read in Acts, verse 8 through 10. It says, he jumped up and he stood on his feet and he began to walk. And then walking and leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. And all the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. And when they realized he was the lame beggar, they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astonished. I love that. On the other side of our obedience, our surrender to the Lord, there's always something that's going to be left astonishing. That people that know your story, they're going to find hope for their situations. They're going to say, man, I, I don't even understand how this is possible, but I, I'm praying it's possible for me. I'm praying I can see God do that work in my family. With my struggles, with my needs. That lame man could have got upset when Peter said, Man, I got no money. You ever had that happen? Somebody asked for some money, you're like, Man, I'm sorry, I ain't got it. They go off on you. <laughs> I've had that happen a lot of my life. He could have slapped his hand away and said, Man, get out of here with all that. I ain't trying to hear none of that. But what did he do? He listened to what Peter had to say. He received what he had to say. And then he received the hand that was extended to him. Church, that's a lesson for us too. Not only do we need to receive the word of God, but we also need to receive the hand that he's trying to give out to us. It's a hand to help us up in this life, but then it's also to turn around and help somebody else. He's not going to force you to take his blessing. He's not going to force you into depending on him, choosing your wants over your needs. He's not going to force you to do any of those things. He's going to leave it up to you. And if you want to continue to live a life that is normally struggling, that you are normally going to other people, that is normal for you to shorten the blessing that God has for you, he's going to allow that to happen because he's going to let you make that choice. But that isn't what he wants for you. He wants to do something that's beyond your abilities. He wants to show you something that shows how much he loves you. He wants to give you a hand up in this life. He wants you to receive the best of that he has in this life. But you have to choose it. No one can do it for you. My challenge for all of us this week 
is for us to receive a new normal. Let's really look at our life and say, you know what? I'm tired of this being normal in my life. I want God to change it. I want God to shape it. I want God to use me in a way that's going to raise somebody up through it. I need a new normal, Lord, and I can only get there if I'm walking with you. If I'm dependent on you. So I want you to see this too. Go to the next slide. These are three things that are going to help you get that new normal. It's depending on him. It's saying, okay, I'm going to select what I need versus what I want. I'm going to help other people up in the process of this. The more that we implement God's word, the more that we live by his principles, the more that we live by his disciplines, is the more that a new normal is available. Is the more that we see change come in, in ways we never thought possible. Church, I, I pray that for myself. I pray that for you as well. That our normals that have been passed on, that we have created, that are hurting us, will be replaced with something better. With something that is only God-given. With something that has been spoken over our lives. With something that has his anointing on it. Because if God's in it, we can't lose. So let's not live a life apart from him. Let's not settle for anything less than what he has for us. Let's make that normal. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that no matter what our situations entail, no matter uh, the way that we've made things normal in our life, it doesn't have to stay that way. It doesn't matter the valley that you lead us through, Father. It's not one that you are going to lead us in. And so, Lord, just as difficult as it can be to learn something new, to shape, to change us, Lord, we thank you that it's possible with you. So would you help us put our pride to the side and accept what you have? Would you help us quit depending on so many other people before we could depend on you? Father, we thank you that you brought people into our life to do this life with. We thank you for community. We thank you for fellowship. We thank you for correction, Lord. But Father, ultimately, we need communion with you. We have to be built on you. And Lord, we don't know how to do that without you. So would you continue to shape us? Would you continue to help us? Would you continue to give us a new normal in our life? So that way, the things that we really need in this life wouldn't be missed because of the things that we want. We thank you that you allow us to help other people be raised up in a way that you're doing for us. It's more than what we could ask, Lord. So help us not forget to say thank you, to be appreciative, but also to continue to move forward and help others do the same. Father, we thank you for your love and your sacrifice and just your goodness in our life. We love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Right now we're going to go to a time of worship. We have prayer team members in the back of the room if you're in need of prayer. But man, let's make this normal in our life. Amen. Thank you for listening today. Uh, follow us online at Lubbock Unified on all platforms. And as always, if there's any way that we could help you, please get in contact with us. Other than that, join us next week as we continue to find ways to cross over. God bless.